Hi everyone, welcome to episode one of Unfiltered. Uh, today, I had the privilege of bringing one of my very good friends, Soleil Golden, onto the podcast. Just for a little bit of context, we knew each other in middle school and in high school, and we're actually fortunate enough to be going to the same college in the fall. So we've been close friends for a while. I think we'll be close friends for a long time. So it was super exciting to uh, bring her on the podcast. I was doing a little bit of planning for Unfiltered, and I decided that each week I want to include one book recommendation, one thing I'm excited for, and then one segment where I'll just do a very brief uh, weekly life update. Because, um, I don't know, I thought that would be kind of fun. So my book recommendation of the week is Complications by Dr. Gawand. This book was actually recommended to me by my dad, and uh, it's written by a doctor, and it's a bunch of short stories uh, centering on the culture of medicine, the ethics of medicine, um, the uncertainty of medicine, and they really highlight why it's important to study these topics. Very interesting read. I recommend it to anyone interested in medicine. Uh, One thing I'm excited for is just moving into college. I move in next week, and it seems like I am the last of my high school friends uh, to move in because everyone else goes to colleges with super early move-in dates, and uh, my school starts pretty late, almost in September, so just waiting for that. Um, And then a weekly update. I've just been doing a lot of shopping, preparing, scheduling, packing, Um, Just getting ready for this next chapter of my life, which is super exciting. Um, And then I just want to make a note about this podcast. We recorded it in a conference room, um, and it was a little bit echoey. So I apologize if the audio is kind of echoey when I bring Soleil onto the podcast. I am kind of working out audio things, trying to figure out uh, how to podcast. (laughs) So I apologize for that. But... uh, Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening and supporting. And without further ado, uh, let's get into the next segment. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode one of Unfiltered. (laughs) Sitting next to me, I have one of my very good friends, Soleil Golden. So she can do like a little intro for herself. Hi, um, my name is Soleil. Um, I've known Emily for how many years now? Like three oh gosh, years? Like a, no, way longer than that. Well, I mean, I knew of you. Yes, I knew of you. We didn't really become friends till like sophomore year, but yeah, yeah she's become one of my very good friends, um, especially over this past year, just like finishing IB and stuff. We've gotten really close, so I'm really excited to do this. Yay, and she is guest number one, which is super exciting. So I have a bunch of topics that I want to cover. Um, And then, I don't know, I I wanted to do this in sort of like an interview fashion. Um, So asking questions, but then also like engaging a conversation. So the first thing I want to talk about is mental health in regards to like academics in school, because I know you are a big proponent of this. And we kind of had a similar experience, I would say, for senior year, because We took some of the same classes. We were in kind of the same situation. Very Mm -hmm. stressful. I don't know if you want to talk about it at all. Um, So basically this past year, like everyone knows that there's two years of the IB program and there's this common stigma that like junior year is your hardest year of high school. 
I think Emily and I both agree that was not the case. Not for us. true at all. Not true. <laughs> junior year, like it felt like nothing in comparison to senior year. But basically, what happened this year is you're trying to apply to college, keep your grades up, take standardized tests. If you didn't finish doing that, I really should have done that earlier. But that's just one of those things that sometimes you put off, and it gets really stressful because you can't really find ways to balance all of that, especially if it doesn't really stop. Like the workload just kept, kept getting bigger and bigger, especially with like IB requirements. And so it's kind of difficult to keep your head above the water, which is something that um, it's important in a concept that I've talked about before. Like, do you want to introduce her? Um, yeah, so there's this thing that Soleil introduced me to called duck syndrome, which is basically similar to how a duck can appear like it's floating peacefully on water, but in reality, it's paddling very frantically to, to remain afloat. I think a lot of people, especially high schoolers put in the same situation as us, tend to try to remain like they have it all together and remain calm on the outside. While in reality, I mean, I don't know. I think expectations for high schoolers are just getting increasingly large with mm -hmm. each year and it's really taking the toll on our mental health and um yeah especially if you're trying to get into like a prestigious university like i think that there's such a stigma with like really hard-working students that they have it all together mm -hmm. and that's what it is about duck syndrome it looks like you're calmly floating on the water but you're really struggling to stay afloat and i think that's something that a lot of people thought about Emily and I and a lot of the other high achieving kids at our school is like, oh, you've got it all together. You do all your work on time, but it's actually much more difficult than I mean, years. we had many mornings or afternoons where we would just sit together and just rant about how tired we were. Yeah, it's so tiring. I mean, you don't you're expected to stay on top of school, extracurriculars, all this stuff. And I mean, no one, I mean, people complain about it to a normal extent, yeah. but I think the problem is way deeper than a lot of people think. Yeah. It's also like difficult to relate to people because mm -hmm. everyone's doing different things. Like even if you have similar schedules, right. everyone's doing different things. And the fact that it's so difficult to literally be a human being, like you have to get up, get exactly. dressed. There's so many expectations for you. You have to work out. Like I know Emily and I both work out. <laughs> Not, well, maybe. Well, Maybe yeah, not as no. much recently, but hopefully this year we'll get back on track with that. But there's just so many things and also like events at school that you have to dress up for. It's just too, it can get to be too much, but yeah. I don't know. I find that in times like that, you just have to kind of take a step back from the situation and re recognize why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and hopefully that's enough to motivate you. And if not, it's really important to have like a good base of friends. Like Emily was a good support system for me, I guess, because we did a lot of the same things. Um, and also like, don't be afraid to talk to your teachers and talk to other people about it. Cause yeah, they're helpful. They're helpful. Um, I want to talk about one particular teacher. We no. don't have to mention her name because no. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, one particular teacher we had, we had a problem with her teaching style and just the way that she treated her students. And I think it's important to shed light on, you know, how teachers treat their students. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, the importance of passion about the topic that you're teaching. Those are two very big factors that will influence A, your student's mental health, B, your student's success in your class. So, so yeah, basically, I don't think if, um, if we hadn't had like prior, we had a really good teacher of this subject when we were sophomores. Um, I don't think if we hadn't had prior knowledge of this and prior passion for it, either of us would have done as well as we did, just because it's really important to recognize that the relationship between a teacher and a student is so valuable. Very like one important. of our teachers, our one of our favorite teachers. You know who you are. You know who you are. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. Um, one of our favorite teachers, like we felt comfortable hanging out in their classroom. I couldn't see myself going to this other teacher's yeah, classroom. Yeah, and one thing that's very important that makes a teacher so good is that they're willing to extend their help beyond normal school hours, yep. beyond you know a role that a teacher would normally fulfill. I mean, this teacher that we really liked, I mean, he felt like a friend in some ways. Mm -hmm. This teacher that we really disliked, it was just very Terrified disconnected in the classroom. You know, you had her at the front lecture style, like yelling at us. And then the students not really having the courage to ask say questions and ask questions. I don't How know. are you supposed to learn anything if you have a fear? Yeah, she didn't let us ask questions. Which, but yeah, yeah, I just it's just really important to recognize. Like, if there are other teachers listening to this, like at some point, your students they respect you and they look up to you because you went to school for this. Exactly. You you studied for this just like we're studying for it. So. We aspire we, to have the love Yeah, we value you, your so knowledge. Just know. the way you deliver it. Yeah. Like. Um, so just to note on that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was definitely a source of a lot of our stress uh, this past year. But yes, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> we're done with that class. Thank we're, God. We're over with it. Um, and then I wanted to bring up Soleil's very unique sleep schedule. Oh, no. I don't know if you wanted to. Okay, I'll talk about that. it. So, um, like, I'm a rising freshman in college, and I'm hoping this is going to change. But I don't know, honestly. Um, basically, since freshman year of high school, I kind of started doing this by accident. As soon as I would get home from school, I would just put everything down. Um, if I was having dinner with my family or whatever, I'd do that really quickly. And then I'd take a shower and then I would go to bed. Sometimes I'd go to bed at like five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, but much earlier than the normal person would go to bed. And then I would sleep for about six hours and wake up like in the middle of the night, like um, usually... 11, 12, 1, 2, and start my homework. And that's what I did for basically all four years of high school, except for I played lacrosse and obviously when we had away games, like that changed and sometimes it would alter it. Um, but that's what I did for the most part, primarily because I just find that there's a level of quiet and calm um, in the wee hours of the morning that I reach that just allows me to think on a deeper level, I guess. I find it really difficult for me to do work while it's light out um, now, which is something that I may need to change just because with college, like my new schedule is going to change. But um, yeah, and also the fact that no one else is awake. I have this thing where um, it's kind of stressful. Like when you look in the group me's and stuff and people are texting back and forth and they're like, what'd you get for this? What is oh, this? Yeah. What is yeah. That makes me nervous. I'm not setting. What are you, are you setting? Like, which, what? <laughs> That makes me so nervous. And the fact that... Sully likes her alone time. Yeah, the fact that I'm awake and they're all asleep, it just gives me a sense of security. I don't know. So I, on the other hand, very <laughs> different. I would get home, you know, not really sure if this is going to stick through college. I would get home from school, immediately do my homework, mm -hmm. 
try or I would eat dinner, try to go to the gym, come home, maybe do a little bit more homework. I needed to be in bed by at least 12, Mm -hmm. if not 11. I woke up at seven. That was my sleep schedule. Obviously, quarantine has changed that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, Soleil's sleep schedule works for her. Mine works for me. The important thing is to just find what works for you and get sleep. Stick with it. And as long as you're getting sleep, exactly that's all that matters and you can do more research about it like if you're listening to this and you're like huh it's something i want to try or i want to try emily's method like what i did is (laughs) called like (laughs) normal method (laughs) well some kids don't go to bed till like three okay yeah um yeah go to bed y'all but um yeah what i did was called a biphasic sleep schedule and apparently it's a really yeah apparently it's a really common thing and i was like i had no idea that people actually sleep like this i thought it was like you know but yeah apparently people do it so yeah All right, now we're going to talk about uh, just like the lack of diversity at our school, especially we're both, we were both in the IB diploma program, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think we both have very interesting experiences. You want to start, Sola? So basically at our school, like as a whole, our school is a very diverse school in terms of like socioeconomic backgrounds, races, ethnicities, but um, in the small little microcosm that's the IB community, there aren't that many people of color, people of Asian descent. Um, there are, but like in the different classes, cause you pick the specific classes you want to take obviously. Um, so I feel like just being in those classrooms and looking around, not be really being able to see people that are like you, it can be a little bit disconcerting because you're like, well, do, do I belong here? And then of course, if you're making the grades, then you can be reassured in that. Um, but I just think it's so much more valuable to have people around you that look like you because it allows you to relate to them on a level that you wouldn't really be able to relate to somebody else. Right. I mean, I am planning on doing a completely separate podcast episode on just like my experiences growing up Asian American and like with that will come my experience in school and stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll touch more on that um, in that episode, but yeah, I mean, there were most of my classes, I would be the only Asian, and I know for you, you would be one of few black students. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to like shed light on, you know, why do we think this is so, why this is a problem, et cetera. Um, I think, especially in the black community, there's just this stigma surrounding like, um, like the way that we approach different academic subjects. And of course, like outside of my school like i was in this program called the called the harvard debate council diversity project where i was one of 25 black students all of us just really dedicated scholars and really driven people and i found that when i'd go to school and i'd be one of the only people in my classes that was like that there's certainly other black kids like that but sometimes like in my chemistry class the only black in my chemistry class um and it just felt I just sometimes felt out of place and you really need that reassurance sometimes to look around you and see and see someone that may have a similar experience as you because it's just I don't know it's a little bit difficult to move through something as challenging as IB and feel that like you don't belong there even though you know deep down that you do and then obviously with the recent events um, there was an account created called Black in North Atlanta, mm-hmm. which allowed Black voices to be amplified. Anonymously. Um, yeah, anonymously. They told their stories. And there were a lot of stories of, you know, the few Black students that there are in the Ivy program. And 
these stories were just very disheartening to read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't, obviously I sympathize with the black community, but I personally don't know what it's like to be one of few black students mm-hmm. um, in a program like that. And it's, it's very disheartening uh, just having those experiences with certain teachers or with other students, you feel like you don't belong in that community, you're doing exactly. something wrong. And this is, you know, inherently a problem. And it's probably not just at our school either. It's just mm, like definitely. definitely in the education system. Mm-hmm. Like I've been told several times by people that like don't go to my school, oh, you're smart for a black girl, yeah. which is just, that, that's an issue. It's a big problem because I don't understand why there's right. just this big stigma surrounding black intelligence when we've created so many different inventions and scientific advancements and I don't know it's just something that perpetuate that's perpetuated throughout society and I definitely think that's a narrative that needs to be broken because every single day there are black people there are black women that are changing the world right um and also being girls in the IB program have we talked about that like you can you can talk about that I mean I don't know. It's just, I've found that like being a girl in the IB program, it's interesting because I don't think it used to be that um, like a long time ago, obviously like women weren't allowed to learn to read and they weren't allowed to do all these different things that men could. And um, just being in the IB program nowadays and like seeing how a lot of the top of our class is female. Like, have you seen in the past years, Valedictorian always been a guy. Salutatorian always been a guy. And you're listening to them. Not patterns, but there are definitely patterns, and they can be broken. Wait, that's cute. Anyway, (laughs) anyway. Um, Yeah. So, uh, oh, also another thing I wanted to talk about is just how dangerous it can be when you don't realize that you're in these situations. Like, for example, I never really thought about the fact that I was the only Asian. I, I guess just because I grew up in a community that wasn't very, I don't know, I wasn't really, I mean, I had my church community um, that I go to a Korean American church, so I had my Asian community there, but when I returned home and I went to school, didn't really have that same community, mm-hmm. but I didn't really notice it. And now that I'm heading off to college, all the friends that I'm making, most of them are Asian and it's a very, you know, interesting, but also kind of nice change, Mm -hmm. just going from completely different or transitioning from, you know, a community where I was the only person like myself to a community where everyone around me is similar. I don't know, but it's weird that I didn't notice it. And I think that can be kind of dangerous when you're in the midst of it and you don't really recognize what's happening. Exactly. Because you don't want to lose touch with your identity your identity and that's such an important part of yourself and mm-hmm. kind of being around like living where we live and going to school where we went to school it just it's really easy for that to happen and you want to make sure that like she said a, like she had her korean community i and my black community in my um diversity project it's just really important to make sure that you stay connected to those people because there's some people that just understand you on a deeper level than others could. So I just think that's really important to remember, especially as you go through high school, Mm -hmm. because that's when you like Mm -hmm. find yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, And then I kind of wanted to touch on just 
colleges and their plans for COVID, specifically mm. Harvard, but also just know, in general, what's colleges. been happening. I just want to say, um, I obviously in the news now, there are lots of reports of colleges that have uh, last minute changed to online learning. Um, namely UNC, Notre Dame. Days before movement. Yes. Or the day before Uh, I know UT Austin had some problems. Michigan's plan is essentially to just go into it and uh, do everything normal until a problem hits. Um, I'm not trying to judge colleges, but (laughs) I will say that, you know, these last minute decisions to go virtual, you know, they're getting a lot of backlash for it. And I'm going to say it's warranted. Especially since like people got plane tickets and they were planning on, or mm-hmm. if they- It's very inconsiderate. Yeah, especially if you can't get refunds and things like that at the last minute. I just think that what Harvard's done, they, we were a little bit annoyed at first when they yeah, were being really, be yeah, we were, they were being we were really, mad. what were they doing? Like they were being really open-ended very and vague. vague. And we were we like- We are in a global pandemic. Yes. that phrase about 50 times. Exactly. And we are like, why are they being so vague? But then we realized, you have to be so sensitive like with your words and what what points they're trying to make because they don't want to give anyone false hope. They're very clear about the fact that this situation may change. Mm-hmm. The problem with the other colleges is that they were adamant on them coming back and all of a sudden they made a full 180. Yeah. <laughs> I always say full 360. They made a full 180 and switched around at the last minute when these people don't have time to like change their plans like that. And you know, I I think that these colleges that are being pretty lenient, um, you know, in the beginning I was pretty jealous, you know. Same when I went. Oh, you get to still, you know, go out of your dorm and party. I mean, we're not, we're not cons- confined to our dorms, but you know, we have a lot of restrictions. Um, parties, all that stuff, but now, I'm kind of grateful that our college has been strict from the beginning. Um, I am they a little just, nervous yeah. about being lonely. I don't know if oh. you want to talk about that. Um, yeah, so I'm in a suite and I have two suite mates. Um, yet I'm still going to be like in my own room and we also have to self-isolate when we get there. And that's one of the things that I'm worried about is the loneliness just because when you're watching all these like college vlogs from past years and like the first thing they all do is they go out to parties, they go to orientations, they eat together. And it just can be really disconcerting because you're excited and you're looking forward to those things. And then you remember we are literally in a pandemic and I'm not going to get any of that. That sounds so depressing. but Yeah, it's true. It's true. And like, you can't, you can't have such high expectations for something like this because it's not realistic. And especially if you're going to school like this, you're expected to be like globally minded and you're supposed like you're supposed to set a good example. Yeah, set a good example and separate what you want from what's best for the world right now. Yeah. Um you're still a teenager. Yeah, but I'll also say I am not gonna go, you know, I'm determined to go into this with an open mind and an open heart. I I do think that you can still have relationships and call like you can foster relationships, Mm -hmm. um, you know, given our lockdowns. I still think that there's opportunities to learn and grow, which is essentially what college is about. And yeah, our freshman year is not really looking how we thought it would, but we still have three more years. And I think 
one thing I think that's going to happen as a result is our class is going to be very unified. It's just going to be us on campus. And I mean, most people that I've talked to are a little disappointed, but in the end, thankful that Harvard is doing what it needs to do. And they understand because like, I don't know, it's just really interesting how at other schools, like the kids get upset when they get sent home. Like, There's a difference between getting sent home and then like planning on going and then the mm-hmm. school tells you not to go. But it's just, you can't have such high expectations. And I'm glad that what I've noticed a common theme throughout our class is that, yeah, we're upset about it, but we're not going around and bashing our school for making mm-hmm. the right decision. I think that's, I don't know, I think that's yeah. like really mature. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think this whole situation is kind of forcing us to grow up a little, a little mm-hmm. quicker. Um, and then on a lighter note, what are you most excited for for college? I'm really excited for um, independence. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Well, I just said I'm excited for the ability to go out. Okay. Anyways, um, at some point, excited for the ability to go out, go shopping. We always talked about going around and like taking, taking pictures. Taking pictures. <laughs> just because, like, I don't talk about Cambridge, but Boston. When you get into Boston, mm-hmm. listen, it's so Boston, beautiful. I am in love with that city. I'm so in love with it. I just the moment I touched down in Boston, yep. on the plane, I was like, I need to live here. I have to like even if I didn't go to school mm-hmm. where I'm going to school, I, would, I think I would end up. There. I think I would end up there because it's just or on the West Coast know. where where it's warm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but very it's different just, places. Yeah, it's just really interesting. It's gorgeous to see like how we're going to function differently there because we have to adapt a whole new schedule and like how we're going to eat and how we're going to cook and work out and all this. It's just really, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited, excited to start to create a schedule for myself, mm-hmm. not level of independence. Like independently of your, of your parents. And another parents thing, do, yeah. So. Another, one thing I love about Boston is just how historical it is. Okay. Uh, we both live in Atlanta. So, I mean, not, don't not tell much. them where we live. But... Well, Anyway, we're not going to be here anymore, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so it doesn't matter. This. What was I going to say? Oh, I, I love historical cities. I just think Boston has so much character, and mm-hmm. I love the red brick and, like, the way that the, the streets, like, have all the buildings and the light. I don't know. I'm just, I could go the on and on. The streets have all the buildings. Maybe I should do an entire podcast about Boston. I don't listen. know. I would listen. Um, and then I'm just excited for the people. Yeah. I don't know. Meeting new people. About, yeah, meeting new people. I've already awesome. met like a few people like i've facetimed with a couple of people that are going to harvard i've zoomed with um i've been on a couple of zooms and been dming with people but they just seem so cool interesting they all have something like different because they're from different lives. states and they have different interests and like you think about it that's one thing about the academic aspect of school like sure we all got into the same school because we had the same qualifications but what distinguishes you from your classmates that's what makes them interesting because yeah they play different sports they play different instruments have different interests and like there's thousands of people that you have to get to know and that's kind of like makes me nervous but it's kind of exciting i'm so excited i mean no i'm not hating on any of my high school friends i love you guys but i know no, but uh yeah very excited for the people mm-hmm. um and interested about the people that we will become i think we'll grow a lot i don't know don't make me sad you know it's emo hour emo hours yeah so i mean one thing that i've been really excited for for this podcast is podcasting at my time at harvard and i want to be able to look back on them and just mm-hmm. 
see how I documented each stage of my life and like I want to bring a bunch of people onto the podcast and I think that's a great way to you know meet other people mm-hmm. and uh, starting with uh, Saleh here someone that I've been friends with for a long time and Aww. I'm actually going to have a future with so <laughs> yeah I like that it makes me happy yep okay uh, last topic that I want to cover is TikTok because Miss Soleil over here has quite the platform okay so I um, was just telling Emily, like, just a few minutes ago, I just hit 132K on TikTok, which is insane to me. Um, I didn't even think that 132,000 people. celebrity. I don't think that's true. Like, they call them celebrities when they have, like, a million plus. But still, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but I make TikToks about Criminal Minds, which is a really good show. If you don't watch it, please, like, end this podcast and go start episode one. Right to force I mean, I am on season two, but I did start at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. It just gets repetitive. It does not get repetitive. I don't see how you say it. You're the <laughs> this only person. This is, like, person. a big point of contention. It us. is. You're the only person I know who has said that to me just because, like, you're looking at – basically, the show is, like, exploring um, inside the minds of – different criminals and different murders and things I mean, like that. I mean, I think that part's interesting, like yeah. the analysis part, but I don't know. I, I think the structure of the episodes, yeah, the structure of the episodes can get repetitive, but just like the psychology of all of it and exploring different motivations and things, like I'm going to do psych and neuroscience at college this year, mm-hmm. or that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and I just think it's so interesting to see it play out yeah. through true crime. I, I agree with that. But um, yeah, so I started making TikToks about it around April. And then when, I, when my first video blew up, I was really confused because my mom actually watched the show before me. And I was like, why is this show about middle-aged, like uh, that middle-aged women watch on TikTok that's primarily teenagers? Why is this TikTok about the show blowing up? And then I realized like a lot of teenagers are really interested in it because one, they want to join the FBI. They want to join the behavioral, behavioral analysis unit. They want to go into the same field. And also because they like the show and they like certain characters on the show, certain character on the show. Um, character, you can, depending on the season. You can look him up. No, he looks good all the time. Anyways, um, you can go look it up. But I, I just was really shocked at it because TikTok is an app where like people have gotten their mu- music famous off of TikTok. They get famous very quickly because of the yeah, algorithm. They make money off of TikTok. They... I don't even know, which is why a couple of days ago when we thought the app was going to be banned in the United States, people are like, my career is over. They, they're like, what do I do? Do I have to actually go to school now? Like, It's funny because there's people like that who their entire career is TikTok. And then people like me who don't even have TikTok. One of the few yeah. teen girls oh, to not have one. She said, I'm different. I'm diff- no, not like that. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Maybe, I don't, maybe I'll download it. We'll yeah, see. I don't see... At first, it was just for entertainment. It still is. Like, I don't see me I mean, ever making a yeah, career. I, I will engage in, like, my occasional dance. But. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting to have because, one, you can form, like, a more personal relationship with your followers. You can reply to comments much quicker than – because I used to have a YouTube channel. I still have it, but, like, I don't upload on it that often. But TikTok is, like, these quick videos. You can get a lot of comments and just engage with your followers and, like, form a lot of mutuals, which is, like, when you follow people back, um, and form, I have a lot of internet friends now that I, like, Zoom with every night, and we live in all different parts of the country, which it hurts, it hurts, but, yeah. Um, all right, so now that you have, like, a quote-unquote platform, I understand that you get some hate, and I wanted to talk about just, like, how that influences you and what you've learned. Um, basically, uh, I've found that if you allow them to, people will find a problem with 
everything you do, everything. Like sometimes I do these little um, like day in my life videos um, and I'll just show them like me getting up and getting ready for work or whatever and different products I use. And people, all, all of a sudden, everyone's a doctor. Everybody is a doctor. They're like, you shouldn't use this. You shouldn't do this. I'm like, can I, can can I, I just, can I live my life? Yeah. And they're like, wow, you actually get up and get ready. Could not be me. I'm like, I will get fired from my job if I show up in my pajamas. Anyways, just people will find a problem. They'll find a problem with anything. And I just think that it's really important to recognize that a lot of those people maybe dealing with problems of their own because I can, I've found myself wanting to comment like choice things on people's stuff. And, but that's primarily because of something internal that I'm dealing with. So it's not, yeah. So you have to remember, it's not a reflection of you when someone comments something about you because they're probably dealing with something that doesn't allow them to confront it for themselves, but they're willing to talk about it with (laughs) someone else. Well, and then I want it like, Soleil is a, teenage girl she's very impressionable i mean people don't really think about that that's true i think i don't i could not handle hate people would say like one mean comment to me and i'd like cry i yeah i i logged out of the app for about i can't remember it was a while like two weeks or something like that which is may not seem like a lot but it is a lot for someone who posts every day Mm -hmm. and like my followers were wondering if i was like dead or something (laughs) because i was getting a lot of hate on a different platform like that's another thing when you get a lot of followers, there's going to be like crossover between different platforms, like between Instagram and Twitter and things like that. And Twitter like does not like TikTok, like Criminal Minds Twitter stands do not like Criminal Minds TikTok stands because they just, I don't know. It's just, there's just yeah. a big feud. It's like an um, umbrella thing that they all classify them under. And so it's not good because one day I thought I can make a Twitter because like Twitter's funny. I go on there to like keep up to date with the oh, one thought. I thought so I got a Twitter account and everyone was so nice to me when I first got there and then I went to bed and I woke up. <laughs> when you got there? And yeah, when I got there, <laughs> when I showed they were teaching me like Twitter lingo and stuff, like it's a whole place. Oh my god, I didn't know and there's a Twitter lingo. There is like different little I'm like also not on Twitter. abbreviations and stuff. Um but I woke up the next morning and it was just terrible. I had to delete the app. So the things that people say, like, I don't think they realize, like, telling someone to, like, harm themselves, I never that did. That's not okay. It's never okay. Because what if they already have that problem? Those and tendencies. Then, yeah, like, like, that's... And I know that's, like, stuff. it's just terrible because the internet, it just, the way things spread so fast and the way that you look at your notification says, like, 99 plus constantly, and it, it can be really overwhelming sometimes, but... It's really <laughs> like yes, me with my like, DMs. <laughs> no, I know it can be overwhelming just because you don't know what people are saying and yeah, like definitely. You're some your future employers like you don't want to put those things at risk. But I found that I've been able to be pretty careful like on the app in terms of um, like what I say and things like that, just because mm-hmm. you don't want to portray a certain image about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just really important to keep your self image up, especially if you're trying to like advance in certain fields. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, do you think this will last? Do you think your content will change at all? Or will you forever be a Criminal Minds page? Um, I've been, I'm only on season seven of the show. And it's a 15 season show. Oh, and she's got a lot more content I have for you guys. On, for any of you fans <laughs> out there. Yeah, like not only that, but the, the cast is going to constantly be doing yeah, things that you yeah. can update them on. They're going to constantly be doing interviews and like, there's going to constantly be reruns and things like that. But also my TikTok isn't just about the show. Like I talk about, 
I don't know if I've told you this, but I do like these little segments where we do like case reports and I talk about psychology on there and I give like scientists. Yeah. Like I give um, book recommendations for people that want to go into psychology and I give just like we do these little discussions. And when I go on live streams, it's just, we have really good discussions because a lot of people that are into the show are really intellectual people. um, Just because it's kind of a, like it's a heavy show. Like it's not like a lighthearted comedy. Not like, the part. Um, yeah, it's a heavy show. And so I've been able to um, do things other than that. Like I also, like I said, I do day in my life videos. People are really interested by those. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I watch, do you watch vlogs? Like I watch a lot of vlogs. vlogs. That's why I'm encouraging Celia to restart her YouTube channel and mm-hmm. uh, become a Harvard vlogger. They're so interesting. I mean, probably not now because I'm going to be sitting in my dorm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You Could never know. You never know. But. Um, and then finally, I guess just like general positives and negatives about TikTok. I mean, I don't have an account, but I can talk about positives and negatives of the app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I guess like one of the main positives is just finding a community and finding a group of people that like what you like because yeah it's difficult to go out into life and like think you're isolated in your feelings like that's why i was afraid to start making criminal minds tiktoks because i'm like i'm literally when i started making them when i was 17 i was like i'm literally 17 years old i'm gonna get roasted for liking this cbs cbs show it's one of the most popular shows of all time yeah it's very popular um but i didn't think it was in my age group and I was afraid, but I've seen, like, it's really inspiring because a lot of people, not to be like, I'm the blueprint, but, like, when I first got there, there was nobody on there making You keep saying TikTok. when I got there, and it's I know, it's funny. Why. But, yeah, when I when I first made my account or started making online TikToks, I was, like, the only account that made them. And then all of a sudden, there's a huge community of people um, that do it, and it's just really, it's really reassuring to like find communities yeah. and things like that. And yeah. I know you do a lot of like, you do a lot of things that you sing, like you play the guitar, oh, like yeah. it's good to find people with common interests. No, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a TikToker, but <laughs> I recently have been like posting more on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, your singing videos are so cute, thanks. But like finding, I don't know, it's just nice to feel like you have that sounds really sad. Like I, I have <laughs> other friends, but it's nice to feel like you're being like heard. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I think I think TikTok actually, when it's used right, is a really really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things on there that there, there's there's like questionable things because in on any social media app, people are going to use it to perpetuate yeah. personal agendas. Like yeah. it's just I don't know. There's always an underlying thing. Yeah. There's the positive aspect, I feel like it outweighs it, which is why mm-hmm. I'm hoping and praying it stays. I'm yeah. praying. I mean, I we, and then like negative sides, we've talked kind of about that. Like, hey, people not really like taking into consideration the comments that they're leaving. I mean, people yeah. picking apart like every single aspect of a video that someone will post. I don't know. And I'm not trying to be like, like, we're like influence. Like, I'm not like no, that. No, it's not that. But it's just, I don't know. I, I mean, found it's that very people, interesting. People will hold you accountable, like because obviously the criminal minds cast, like they're literally human beings. They're gonna make mistakes, and like some stuff has surfaced about them. And people have recently been holding the criminal minds creators on the app accountable for the cast actions. That's so like because they can't communicate with yeah, the cast because yeah, they're yeah. you know they're I celebrities. Mean, that's like the closest they'll get TikTok, but <laughs> it's not. I don't know. It's, it's you have to remember who you're that. talking to. Exactly. 
But yeah, it's made me a lot more considerate of like other people's emotions, I think, because I realize how easily different things can get to people. Yeah. And I think it's just made me more intuitive in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, for it. more intuitive. I feel like the combination of like TikTok, that and quarantine is making us both very, I, and also just like meeting more people, I'm becoming more, what's the word? Like aware of other people's feelings, like trying not to. Empathetic. Empath- well, yeah, empathetic, um, but also just like not sensitive, but I'm just more aware of like how I talk to people, how mm-hmm. I treat people, because I've, you know, been in experiences where other people might not have, you know, been as considerate to me. And so yeah. I know how it feels. So it's very important to think about your words because they hold a lot more power than you think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we really just took TikTok to like a global That's scale. True. <laughs> but what you said about quarantine too, is like slowing down mm-hmm. and recognizing like, cause in school it's so fast paced. You don't mm-hmm. even really stop to think about like what you're personal doing and like, things. yeah, personal yeah. things. I mean, there are, I found myself becoming like this too, but I noticed it in other people, like quarantine, people were becoming sensitive to the smallest things, like mm-hmm. over, cause you're, you're sitting there alone, you're overthinking everything. Right. You could be more dramatic, more sensitive. I don't know. So we were all becoming a little bit more. A lot of personal growth. Yeah, yeah lots of growth. And I hope that you all who are listening to this have experienced that as well, because it's been, for the most part, it's been positive. I think, yeah. I mean, the situation is bad, but it's not like you can't make anything good out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to conclude the very first episode of Unfiltered. Oh um, thank you so much to Soleil for joining me. Thank this you has for been having a lot of fun. Me. I'm really excited to see where this podcast goes. Um, next week, I'm planning on bringing another one of my very good friends. Uh, we'll be talking about something entirely different. So okay. I hope you uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.